Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I've really got faith uh, for tonight. I, I really believe that God wants to do something in a bunch of people's lives. And, and uh, I'm going to try and preach as short as possible uh, so that we can pray for some people at the end and have a little bit of time of pressing into God. Uh, I, I, as I was preparing um, my messages this week, I really felt like... Um, there would be people in the building tonight who are wrestling with things. People in the building tonight who were walking through some stuff. And we all go through stuff. But I'm talking some stuff that's maybe a little bit more intense than normal. Maybe, maybe life for you is a little bit more intense than normal. And I really feel like God dropped a seed in my heart that He wanted to just take a minute and just minister to some people. So just, just take a minute and just do some stuff in some people's hearts and lives. And, and so this is the word that He's dropped on my heart tonight regarding that. I hope and believe that it's going to bless you, um, and uh, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Awesome. If you've got your Bibles, uh, you can open to the book of Daniel and chapter 3, uh, and we're going to read from about verse 19, but I, I want to set it up before we go there um, and just kind of uh, set the scene a little bit, and we're going to read some Scripture, give you a couple of points. Uh, hopefully. Uh, what I'm really believing for tonight is a download of a deposit of faith. Uh, I, I think one of the things that God has, uh, is a little bit of a gift in my life is, is the ability to just step into the, the, the whole principle of faith and just believe that God is able to do more, to just stand in a moment where it's possible to give up and it's possible to let circumstance get on top of you. And yet despite that, I believe like there's a, an anointing on my life to just step into faith instead. Um, I don't know if you know much about our family. Uh, a number of years ago, we walked through a really uh, difficult situation with my brother. And, uh, and there was a moment uh, for me, which was actually uh, kind of predicated on a moment that happened earlier. So when I was, I'll give you the background. I'm going to tell a bit of, is it all right? A bit of family time tonight. Is that all right? Fantastic. Well, uh, I was about 17 years old and I was a guitar player and that was my passion. And I actually wanted to be the best guitar player in the world. It's a good ambition to have until you see some people playing, then you go, yeah, good luck. Um, but I, that was my dream. I wanted to be this amazing guitar player. And um, I developed, I, I was the guitar player in youth and I developed a bit of an attitudinal problem that needed adjustment. Um, and, uh, and God in His infinite mercy adjusted that for me, which is super. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we had this opportunity that came up with this lady who was coming to do a schools tour uh, with our youth ministry. And, and I could have done it. But I kind of had an attitude problem and thought I was bigger than Ben-Hur and I didn't really like her music. So I was like, yeah, now I'll pass. And, um, and, uh, and my brother went and did this tour and it was funny, off the back of all this stuff, all this great stuff started to happen. So the band that did that tour got all these other opportunities, opportunities that I really would have liked. And yet because of my stinking attitude, I missed out on a moment in God and I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, when you're kind of feeling depressed and yet you know you're to blame. I was having one of those moments. And, um, and uh, I remember my brother, um, 
he started having these uh, uh, musical inclinations. I taught him how to play bass when he was like 12, and the bass was bigger than he was. Um, and and he just he is one of these kids with an incredible musical gift. So he then went, okay, well, I'm going to buy a drum kit. And then he was playing drums better than all of our drummers. And then he went and bought a keyboard, and he was playing keyboards better. And I was like, you make me want to vomit. Right? So I was having one of those moments where I was, my brother was coming to me. I was the big brother. He was the little brother. And he'd come to me, and he'd say, oh, I've done this cool thing. And what do you think? And he was looking for me to go, that's awesome. And instead, I just let my stinking attitude get the better of me. And I started to run him down and put him down and, 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 and be an unkind person. And I remember having a moment as a 17-year-old where I'm watching this kid who's, who's 15 do these amazing things. And there's the big green monster is right there. And I, I almost took a step back. And I, God began to talk to me and I began to talk to myself. And the culmination of that conversation was, is this really the person that you want to be? literally took a step. Is that really who you want to be? You want to be the guy that runs your 15-year-old brother into the ground because you had a stinking attitude and because God's blessing his life and his gift, you really want to be that guy. And, uh, and I did some self-adjusting internally and, and I, decided, I decided that instead of that, I was going to be the biggest fan. That's who I was going to be. I was going to actually combat what my flesh wanted to do by, by getting insecure and running this guy down, by being the guy standing on the front row going, you go, Mike, you do it. Right? That, that's how I decided that I was going to be. So I, it was a really like, difficult decision initially. And it took a bit of work. It didn't just come straight away. But I chose to step in to a place of faith to say, you know what, I'm going to change this attitude. Uh, and, and what happened was we went to play at a festival uh, in Melbourne called Easter Fest. And, and Mike was playing with the band that I was not a part of that had done this tour that I'd missed out on because my stinking attitude. Um, and I decided that I was going to pay for myself to go so that I could stand on the front row and cheer him on. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be cool. I'm going to go. I'm going to stand in the front row. I'm going to just go, go, Mike. This is awesome. And uh, I'd never seen him play with this particular band before, so it was like the big thing. So we all jumped on a bus, and we, we drove over to Melbourne with about 100 other people. And the most amazing thing happened. Halfway to Melbourne, the guitarist who was part of the band decided that he had a headache. And he wanted to go home. So he got off the bus with his gear and went home. Weird moment. I'm like looking out the window of the bus going, what's that guy doing? Isn't he supposed to be playing? We rock up to the, this thing in Melbourne. There's 1,200 kids at this thing. There's like six stages. There's bands playing. It's a big music festival type thing, big Christian thing called Easter Fest. And we get off the bus and Dave, the guy who's the singer in the band goes, where's, I'm not going to mention any names. He goes, where's what's his face? And I said, he went home. He goes, what do you mean he went home? I said, well, he got his gear and he got off the bus and he went home. He goes, what am I going to do for a guitar player? I said, I don't know. I'm just here to cheer my brother on. And he goes, can you play for me? I said, I haven't got any gear. I don't know your songs. How could I possibly do that? He goes, oh, don't worry. Henry will teach him to you. Okay, when are we playing? Three hours. Awesome. So I sat in the room with Henry with a tape player. This is old, right? Young people, this is old. With a tape player with demos on it. And I learnt the songs. And I'm standing on stage next to my brother on somebody else's guitar with somebody else's amp going, what's the next chord? 
It was the most surreal experience. And off the back of that, a whole series of things fell into place where we started playing together. We started touring with Youth Alive. We became the Planet Shakers Band, blah, 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 blah. It went on and on and on. But it started with an attitude adjustment on my behalf to step from fear into faith. And... And there was a decision that was made in that moment that I thought was about celebrating my brother's success. However, about eight years ago, my brother wasn't quite so successful. And there was a decision that I made when I was 17 that really had to get some traction then. You see... People were like, weren't you mad? Weren't you upset? Weren't you angry with what Mike did? Oh, I'm, I had already decided when I was 17 where I was standing. I had already decided the person that I was going to be, that I was going to be the person in the front row standing on the chair. And that's really easy, really easy when he's doing awesome. It's a whole nother thing when he's not doing so awesome. You know what? But my, my position had been decided in Christ. I, I, I decided that I was going to stand on the front row and be my little brother's cheer squad. I was going to cheer him all the way back from the brink back into his destiny. I was going to cheer him from the low to the high. I was going to be the voice on the front row that didn't change regardless of your situation and circumstance. I was going to engage faith because it's easy. Anybody can ride your coattails when you're up. Well, look around when you're down. Just check out who's with you then because that's the people that matter. That's the people that are going to get you to your destiny. So uh, I say that to set this story up. Every single person in this room will go through moments where you're in the valley of decision, where you're in a moment where it's possible to go one way or the other. And I want to stir you tonight and impart faith into you tonight that the other side of those moments when you make the God choice, it's really good. It's really amazing. When you step out of the ordinary and step into the extraordinary, when you step out of what everybody else would do and step into the exceptional. You know the reason why it's exceptional is because not everybody can do it. But God is gonna call on your life to be truly exceptional. And so I want to share this story with you from the Bible, share a couple of points, and we're going to pray for some people. Are you with me? Fantastic. Daniel chapter 3. Here we have a story where the king Nebuchadnezzar has gone into Israel. He's actually gone into Judah, which is significant. And he's captured the people of Judah and brought them back in captivity to Babylon. And he's handpicked some of these men who were exceptional. The Bible says that they had uh, uh, 10 times better anointing. They had an anointing where they were good looking, they were amazingly academic. They were amazingly skillful and talented, so much so that they came to the intention of a heathen king. And he brought them into his zone. And uh, settle down. Um, <laughs> these girls on the front row, seriously. He, he changed their names. He brought them into his service. And, and they drew a line in the sand. And they, they demonstrated really early on that they were people of conviction. They demonstrated really early on that they, they had a, not just a, a churchianity, as we spoke about last week, but a Christianity. They actually had a relationship with God that wasn't geographical. They'd been removed from all of the trappings of their religious stuff, and yet they still managed to maintain a connection with God. How would we go if we removed all of the trappings of our spirituality? Would we still remain connected to God? How would we go in Babylon without Victory Church, without the worship, without Pastor Tony Rainbow? How would we go? 
Will we maintain a connection to God? People, we have to have a genuine, real relationship with God that goes beyond. This is the celebration. This is like the wedding day, but the marriage, yeah, that's tomorrow. Yeah? We get to celebrate the wedding every week with the members of the family, but then we've got to go back to the home and make it work, yeah? So here we have these boys, and they were young men. They were teenagers, and they were making a stand and doing something significant for God, and they stood out because of the level of conviction that they carried themselves with. <laughs> so here we go. Nebuchadnezzar is a bit of a big head. And he decides what a great thing to do would be to make a golden statue that looks like me. How many of you know at this point you have a serious issue? <laughs> I know, let's make a statue that looks like me and get everybody to bow down. Yeah, sure. That's going to work real good in this day and age. You're going to get slapped down so hard. But anyway, so he makes this incredibly big statue and, uh, and he gets all the musicians to come and to play. And as they play, he, he puts out a decree that everybody's going to bow down and they're going to worship this statue. It, it, just a side note, it never ceases to amaze me that people build things with their own hands and then turn them into worship. Right, that's nuts to me. Like, I cut down a tree. I made an idol and now I'm going to worship it. Seriously? It should be worshiping you at that point, right? You just made it. That's crazy. That's insane to me. I'm going to make a statue. Now let's worship it. You just made the thing. <sighs> People, we're stupid. Let's be honest. Anyway, so he has this moment. Everyone's bowing down and uh, some astrologers, can't trust astrologers, went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people would bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the music. The decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a furnace. Here are the little tattletales, the dibbadobbers. They're coming out and saying, I saw three people that didn't bow down. Right? That's, that's like pretty cool. <laughs> three people out of the whole nation that went, nah, not doing that. And of course, the little tattletales, the dibbadobbers, they were watching because they kind of had an idea that this might go down. And so they're off to tell the king because they're thinking that they'll curry favor with the king by dobbing on these other guys. How good are we? We bowed down, but these guys didn't. Anyway, so Nebuchadnezzar uh, goes into a rage and he orders that these three young men be brought before him. They were brought to him and he said to them, is it true that you won't bow down to my statue? And then he says, I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God, <laughs> here's the challenge, then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? It's like a challenge. <laughs> I don't think you realize who he's picking on. <laughs> it's like, my dad's bigger than your dad. What God? I'll show you what God. <laughs> so here we go, about to get into it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. See that? They bring challenge, but they still honor and respect. They bring a challenge, but they're not rude about it. They're just, hey, look, our God, we've we got peace that our God can do this thing. Your majesty. Proper titles, the whole deal. I love this. And this is, Dad touched on this last week. He said, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve the gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. I wonder what the church would look like if we were the kind of church that said, our God is able, but if not, 
it doesn't change anything. <laughs> Our God is absolutely able, but if He doesn't, He's still God. Our God is absolutely more than capable of healing cancer. But if He doesn't heal your cancer, He's still God. Our God is absolutely able to fix your financial situation. But if you continue to struggle, it doesn't change the reality of who He is. Air conditioner changed the page. Apparently wants me to preach about something else. We want to make it clear to you, Your Majesty, we'll never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Here we go. Verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. Like this dude, he's angry. His face became distorted with rage. Amazing. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. I'm just going to stop there for a minute. Got this amazing moment. Well, it's that quiet thing again, right? <laughs> Air conditioner's off. Wow. Just throws me every time with it. It goes, yeah, it's really quiet, right? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Here we go. Are you ready? Are you with me? Is everyone awake? Hit the person next to you and say, are you awake? Hit the person on the other side and say, get ready, get ready. Here we go. So here we go. The first thing. Uh, I want to read some more and then we'll go back. Ready? I want to read some more. I'm just getting a bit excited about what I'm reading. It's okay. Shadrach fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and, could, and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers and officials and governors and the advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. No hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They did not even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He has sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. <sighs> That's exciting. If that doesn't stir your faith, that should stir your faith. All right, here we go. The first point, point number one, if you're taking notes. The first point is that fire brings freedom. 
Have you ever walked through? See, I walked through some stuff with my family recently. I've walked through some difficult times. And what I found out is sometimes, just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they fell into the fire, but they walked out. They fell into the fire, bound up. The Bible says that they were tied securely, hands and feet. And the devil thought, I'm going to get you in there. And then I got you. And at that moment, the things that were binding up your life, the things that were taking a hold of you, the things that were a restriction to you, all of a sudden they begin to burn away. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that the things that were designed to shackle you and to bring limitation upon your movement and upon the things that you could do, sometimes the fire, God allows it because it's the only thing that's going to get rid of the the bindings on your life. It's the only thing that's going to burn through those things that are holding you back. If you were to see the furnace as a moment of freedom rather than a punishment, If you were to see the things that are falling off your life in the midst of a hot time, when God turns the heat up, there's certain things just can't survive. And guess what? Most of that is the stuff that's binding you up. All of your fear, all of your insecurity, all of your fear of man. You know when you're desperate, when you're in the middle of a fiery situation, all of a sudden it doesn't matter so much what people think. All of a sudden, your opinion doesn't mean that much to me because there's a desperation that comes with the fire. And as I'm standing in the middle of this moment of desperation, I'm finding that the shackles that used to bind me so tightly become burned and consumed by the fire that was designed to destroy me. And here I stand, once bound, now free, in the middle of this situation. Mm. The second thing about fire... Fire brings increase. Nebuchadnezzar says, wasn't there three? Now there's four. You never know what can happen in the middle of your fire. All of a sudden, something that was designed to destroy you, was designed to bring you back, actually brings increase into your life. It makes you bigger. It makes you more powerful. Can you imagine these boys walking around afterwards? Yeah, they tried to kill us with fire. It didn't work. Pretty awesome. Oh no, that bath's not hot enough. Heat it up. Oh, I'm used to hot things. Have you heard? I don't know if you've heard about me. I'm the fire guy. It makes you bigger. When you've walked through some fire and some stuff has fallen off your life, you get bigger. You get stronger. Your reputation goes to another level. You, you begin to move and operate in different circles. God is bringing increase into your life through the fire. The fire was designed to destroy you. How many times have we seen the devil do things that he thought he was winning? Right up till the moment it backfired and he got his face kicked in, right? He's standing at the cross going, yeah, we got this. And Jesus is just about to knock his door down. I'm just coming for the keys, bro. And the devil's standing there going, yeah, I got this, man. We won. He lost. Boom. It's on. And Jesus is like, no, I'll be back in a minute, bro. I'm just going to have a lie down. And then it's a house party at yours. I'll bring some drinks. It's on. Kicks the damn door down. Takes the keys to death and hell. And just when you thought you were done, it's Sunday morning, baby, and everything changes, Yeah. I can just imagine the devil and the king standing there thinking, yeah, we got this, man. We showed them. Hang on a minute. What's happening? 
There's more people in there. It's increased. And the, what? He's having a moment. Just when he thought he'd won. I love that. I love that our God sometimes waits to the very last moment before he snatches victory right out of the jaws of the enemy and says, you thought you had this. Sorry, bro. I was just messing with you. Fire brings increase. I love this moment here. It says he, he ordered it to be heated up seven times hotter. And the strongest soldiers that threw them into the fire were actually killed by the heat. You can handle the heat. Point number three, you can handle the heat. You know, there's things that we'll walk through as Christians and as believers that we walk through with faith and with God and things that would kill greater people than us. Don't even touch us. There's not even the smell of smoke. There is bigger people in the world. There are stronger people. There's people who have it more together. There's people who are more financially secure than you. There is people who have supposedly better families than you. There are people that have had better opportunities than you. There are people that have apparently more favour than you. And yet the fire that you're walking through would absolutely destroy them. And God's got a fire for you to walk through. The people are going to stand back and go, hang on a minute. That should kill you. That should be something that destroys the call of God on your life. And here you are walking around in freedom. Mm. You can handle the heat. I love this. Here's the thing that I found about walking through fire with our family. And people have often, don't you wish that never happened? Don't you wish it wasn't like that? And maybe at some level I do. But at another level, I found out things about God in the fire that you can't find out about God in the fun. There's aspects of God's character that you need to get you through difficult times that just aren't there when it's party time. There's things that you find out about God in the midst of the fire that you can't find out any other way. And if it takes some fire for me to get closer to Jesus, then that's the price I'm willing to pay. If it takes me walking through some stuff and toughing it out, that's the price I'm willing to pay because I'm desperate, desperate, desperate to know Jesus. That's what I'm all about. And there are things that we find in the fire. Isn't it interesting that they got the bondage came off their life and yet they didn't walk out? Most of us, the minute the chains fell off, the minute the ropes were burnt away, I'm out of here. Not these boys. They found Jesus in the fire and they would be rather be hot and with Jesus than outside of their fire. It was so easy. The king said, walk out. So they walked out. They could have done that at any time. And yet they waited because we're having a moment with Jesus in the fire. You know what? There are times where you go through difficult situations and the opportunity will be there to take a shortcut. And because you're having a moment with Jesus in the middle of your fire, you just stay just that little bit longer. Just because you know what? I can handle the fire as long as I've got some Jesus going on in here. I can handle the heat as long as God's in here with me. I can handle what should kill other people because Jesus is in the fire with me and I'm finding out things about Him that I didn't know before. I love that they're walking around. I love that they found Jesus. You know, you might be in this place and you might be walking through fire. And your fire might be financial. Your fire might be relational. Your fire might be uh, employment-based. Your fire might be a health issue. I want you to know He's in the fire with you. 
he's in the fire with you. I want to read another scripture here, just from Isaiah 43, just a couple of verses. It says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. That doesn't stir your faith. stirs my faith. Fire brings freedom. Fire brings increase. You can handle the heat. And you can find Jesus right in the midst of your fire. And I don't know what your fire looks like or what you're walking through at the moment, but my heart tonight is to give you a sense of faith out of what is possible. You know, for me, faith is all about perspective. It's so easy to focus on the fire and lose sight of Jesus. And all of a sudden, we're being consumed by something that we could have handled if we just fixed our eyes upon Him and understood that He's bringing you through it. If He brought you to it, He'll bring you through it. Yeah? Awesome. My last point, and then we're going to pray for some people. We have this moment at the end here where uh, he made this decree. Anyone who speaks a word against our God of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego will be torn limb from them, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions. You know what? Fire is the gateway to your promotion. Say it again. Fire is the gateway to your promotion. How you handle the fire sets you up for your next season. If God can trust you with a difficult time, then you're ready. But in fact, the first sign of opposition, the first sign of a little bit of heat, you cut and run, you're not ready. But sometimes if you look at your fire and see it for what it is, oh man, it's too hard, I can't possibly do this. I'm trying to give you a little bit of perspective. But on the other side, there's a promotion. On the other side, God is positioning you for something great. On the other side of this, you're going to know more about Him. On the other side of this, you're going to live more free than you ever have before. On the other side of this, you're going to find increase in your own life. You're going to be a bigger person. As a result of walking through the fire that God has brought you to. Understand it's not a fire that was based upon their bad behavior. It's not a fire that was self-inflicted. The Bible says that they fell in, but they walked out. And life sometimes dishes up the unexpected stuff. And you just find yourself falling in. And you're standing there going, God, what is going on here? He says, just watch. You know that addiction, you know that problem, you know that thing that's been binding you up? Watch. It's about to be consumed. You know, you know that limited thinking that you've been wrestling with? You're about to get bigger. Look at me. I'm here with you in the fire. He doesn't abandon you. When you walk through the fire, He's right in there with you. 
And as long as He's with you, we can do this. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 